Yeah, I'm getting the, the idea that this is layers, right? You go through that slot and then you take that and you layer it against a backdrop of, hey, what's going on politically? What's going on with the economy? Inflationary things. It, is, is the technology at a level where I should rethink expanding my business to three or four stores, you know, things like that, that are going to trip you up. So you have these layers of, okay, I, I have my initial thoughts, my initial read of my organization, and, and I'm generating this idea of where I want to take it, but I have to lay it against the backdrop of, of what's going on around me. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You stated it more clearly than I did. <laughs> First time for everything. There, I'm I'm done. So, That's great. <laughs> so we go through this this exercise, and and we've gotten a lot of information, like like you said, uh, you know, Google and, and getting on the web and and replicating things that that other companies are doing well that you think you could deploy in your own business. What's next as we get that lay of the land and we have a read on our competition and what our market looks like and and everything else going on in the in the environment around us. Right. So now now you're going to start getting into the meat, right? Now it's, okay, what goals and priorities? Like, so you're saying, you know, you're stating your goals of kind of here's what I want to achieve. And then based on your mission and your vision, what are the priorities around those goals and strategies that kind of meet the mission? And you always want to kind of be anchoring back some, and I always like to like start with a really long list. Like I don't constrain myself at all. I just put my list of all the goals and all the priorities. And then I go back and I say, okay, let me reground myself on my mission. And now what are the top three things that are going to get me to my mission and my vision? What's going to get me there? The other ones are important, but they're not the primary. Because remember, what you really want to do here is you want to be like laser focused, right? And you want to minimize the distractions. So it's not that these things, everything else on the list isn't important, but the three that you look at and go, these are the ones that are going to get me to the win. And that is what I'm going to focus on every day. These are the, these are the things. And then after you have those goals and these kind of priorities, right, then you're going to say, okay, let's really define what the actions are around them. And then talk about how am I going to know if I'm doing well or not? What is the measurement? What is the, it's called a key performance indicator, KPI. What are the indicators that are going to tell me that I am on track or I am off track? And you build that into your plan. And again, you're kind of building yourself a roadmap that says, hey, these are the things that I want to make sure I'm focused on and prioritizing every day. And this is what winning looks like. Now, it seems like this is an area, as I'm setting goals and priorities, that people might fall down, right? Like, I'm going to overachieve in the three to four overarching goals and priorities. Ah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to build eight or ten. You know, I'm, I'm really going to go after this thing. Bad idea? Danger, danger. <laughs> Remember, laser focus, laser focus. I mean... And this is where this is where people 
hurt themselves and their businesses, right? Because they try to be too many things and have too many identities. And it scares people, I think, when there's only three or four, like that can't be enough, right? It can't be enough. It can't be enough things to get me to my goals. But what it, what you're saying is these are the most important things, right? And this is where I'm going to focus and I'm going to be the best at these things. And then remember, there, there are times when you will go back through your plan and, and a strategy is a three to five year roadmap, right? So there's going to be times when you're going to look and you're going to pivot slightly or you're going to expand on, but getting started is really important that you do not try to dilute and go after too many things at, at one time. Like what are the key things? And one of the ways that I approach that, Randy, is I say to myself, okay, year one, these are going to be the, the, the critical drivers. And then year two, these are, you know, I'm going to, these are still important, but I'm going to start shifting over here. And some of it's just because of timing, like it just doesn't work to do it all at one time. Right. And so, so managing expectations within that realm, I'm just thinking another, another laundromat focus where maybe I want to shift my, my customer base over to app-based payment, managing maybe over a three-year period. I'm not going from from 2% to 75% in year one, uh, you know, being man, managing that expectation and setting reasonable goals that you can continue to drive to that you're not losing focus or interest because you're not, not getting there quick enough. Right. Yeah. That's a great example. Excellent example. I have my laser focus. I have my overarching goals that I'm, I'm driving toward. Obviously, you know, dollars and cents is is a is a driving component to a lot of this, right? Like if I'm looking at expanding to multiple locations, or maybe I need to leverage additional technology to get me to to where I want to be in in that goal area. Uh, how do you approach that? So now, if you think about leveraging all that research that you did, right? And you've established your financial goals. I mean, you need to know what your profitability looks like. You need to know what your break even looks like, right? And then you're putting in your financial goals. And then you say, okay, based on these priorities, what's going to drive what percentage of these increases that I'm looking for? And a lot of that is the vetting and the research that you did early on that kind of boiled down your vision. So now your financials say, okay, this is my everyday business, but these kind of goals and initiatives are going to dr drive these increases. And then you attach dollars to them, right? You actually attach dollars and profitability and costs. And those are, those are what you measure going forward. And then what, in order to reach these goals and these initiatives, what type of staffing? Do I need to increase staffing or can I do it within the current staff that I have? What kind of investments do I need to make in order to fulfill these goals and these plans? And then um, I kind of back to, you know, how, how do I want to measure them? And again, a lot of it is through your P&L, right? A lot of the, 
the measurement, but I recommend that you have your P&L and then you kind of keep some of these driving factors, these goals and priorities that drive these initiatives, um, kind of keep track of them separately because those are the ones that you might um, need to make some minor adjustments or like tweak the roadmap a little bit. You know, if you, if you get into it and you see that they're not delivering what you think they should be delivering within time, then that is the point where you step back and say, okay, what do I need to change or do differently? Building off of that then, is this where I'm building in theoretically more layering where I say, okay, looking at my financial situation, let's put it in terms of, of wash, dry, fold. Uh, okay, my, my first level investment is additional marketing and I commit a certain amount of dollars that I'm that I'm comfortable, that my, my financial analysis says I'm good to do, I'm not overextending, and hopefully I can get to XYZ level. And then my additional layer is getting to a point where I add additional staff and, and going, can I, can I layer it that way as I approach financials? Yes, definitely, definitely. And the one thing that if you do your research in the beginning, the part that I you know can't emphasize enough how important it is, you will have kind of vetted out to know that this growth is going to deliver, right? Because you've pressure tested it already through your research, through benchmarking other companies who've had success, also, part of that research is benchmarking companies who were not successful and what did they do? What happened? You know, that's also a good part of research. But yeah, then then that is when you kind of layer in here are those investments that I need to make. That, that's a good point. I, I think that's that's worth stressing that that item of looking at how other companies have fallen down and, and doing that postmortem on what happened? How do I avoid that? I think it's a great point to stress, right? We always look at the ones that are successful, uh, but we can learn just as much from from those folks that fell into a trap and and underachieved or or got themselves into trouble. Yeah, and it's it's a great point. And even within your own strategy and your own plan, I mean, you constantly have. That's why that measuring is so important. So you keep track of how it's doing and then pivot when necessary, right? Not everything is going to strike 100%. And, you know, one of your, your kind of initiatives or your goals or that could be doing even better than you anticipated. And what that means is, wow, I need to spend more time and continue to grow this and maybe slow down another priority for the time being. So it's fluid. It's moving. You know, once you have your plan, it's constantly fluid and moving. And it's always, you know, to me, it's fun to see the surprises like, oh, I, I thought that was going to do well, but I didn't realize how much demand was out there for this. Wow, let's really, let's, let's like dig in here. But, and, and if you're going to do more in one area, remember, it's not, you know, it's like, not like the balloon where you, you push down one side and the other side swells, right? You, you still want to make sure you're managing not to deprioritize, but maybe not spend as much on another area. Otherwise, you're going to, that's when burnout happens. Right, right. Uh, again, I, I think great point to stress again. I, I'm, I'm picking on these things that I just want to underline and highlight and star. But to your point, not getting out 
over your skis and forgetting about your core competencies, right? Like that, if you're doing this right, it should always align to your core competency. But, you know, if you're going out again, I want to maybe use wash dry fold as an example. I'm adding that to part of my business. Well, I can't add that. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm not giving my current customer, my self-serve customers enough attention, right? Like all of a sudden, maybe I'm, I think this is a great idea in theory. And all of a sudden I'm using up washer extractors and tumble dryers for my wash dry fold business. And my, my self-serve customers are coming in and, and a bank of washers are, are occupied by another part of my business. So sacrificing one for the other, right? I think that's another point to, to underscore. It's a great, great thought. Yeah, I have a, I always say, go where the money is, <laughs> you know, and don't <laughs> let the other stuff anchor you down. <laughs> There's a ton of information in this document and the document's living and breathing, right? It's, it's continuing to, to grow and, and you're course correcting along the way. I've seen things like this become unwieldy, right? Like it becomes so much that that you kind of lose the forest for the trees. How do I kind of condense? Do I is there a brief that I can always turn back to that abridged version? I love this question so much, Randy, because this is I have written many strategy documents and it's a process, right? It is right. not something you do in a weekend. Right? <laughs> this is like, it takes some time. And there is a point where you become in just writing, writing your strategy where you become overwhelmed because you're doing so much research and you get a little bit lost in data. And it's, that is the moment when you stop and ask yourself, what am I trying to accomplish here? What is my vision and what is my mission? And anchor yourself back on that. And it's fair to, like I was saying, you know, have that big list, but that big list needs to be compressed down to three or four, maximum four things. But I, I really want to reiterate that it is part of a healthy process to be overwhelmed with a lot of data and then say, oh my gosh, like I'm getting, I'm lost, right? I'm lost right. in the process. Yep. That is the moment that you have to step back. And sometimes I will make myself a post-it note when I'm doing this work and I put it on my computer to say, don't forget what your vision and your mission is. Don't forget what you're truly trying to accomplish. Uh, And that becomes my grounding force because it's really easy to do, A, and it should happen to an extent, but it's really important that you can pull yourself out of that and get kind of reestablished in what you're trying to accomplish through your vision and your mission. So it it should never be new, right? Like you should never go back to this and go, oh, wow, I forgot about that. It should be, it should be reinforcing what you're doing. But if you're, if you're looking at it and going back and going, oh yeah, that I forgot that was our mission or, or I for, forgot that financially I can't make that happen or, you know, things like that. There's probably a red flag that uh, you've, you've messed up in the process some way, shape or form. Yeah. And even if you do find yourself there, 
like just pull back and get yourself realigned again. I can't tell you how many times in the process I have to ask my, what am I trying to accomplish? What are my true objectives here that I am trying to accomplish relative to my vision and my mission? It's very normal in the process. Have that page or that section that kind of distills. (laughs) Right, right. That that (laughs) distillation of everything that's in there. You have um, items in in the document that are going to reinforce, that are going to educate. But really, it's it's that distillation that that kind of gives you a, a a quick look at, at at things and where where you're going with the the overall roadmap, right? Yep. One thing to remember is, you know, once you have your your kind of goals outlined, right, you kind of have to pressure test them a little bit too to say, I think these are the goals. I think they can drive these things. Let's pressure test that a little bit and just ask yourself, you know, are these things really going to get me to what I'm trying to accomplish relative to my vision and mission? Let's peel a little bit at that. You spent a ton of time crafting this document. What type of pitfalls have you seen? What do I need to be aware of? Things that are going to trip me up with this roadmap. Analysis paralysis. I've seen it a million times, right? And and over and overreaching, trying to be too many things. And I know I already stated this, but I think it's worth repeating. Sometimes people think if they don't have a lot of things, they're not going to be as effective. They think, you know, I need to be doing this and then this and then this. I really challenge to do the do the analysis, do the work, do the research. But then kind of say, at some point, make sure that you're pulling yourself out because, you know, you can get lost, like, you know, they call it the rabbit hole. You know, you start down a path and then you, and it's fun. It is exciting because you're doing all this research and you're learning all these things. Then there's a point you're like, okay, wait, 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 (laughs) is this research useful? Is this still useful to what I'm trying to accomplish? And so kind of pulling yourself out of that is definitely one pitfall and remembering three to four are going to be a lot more effective than 10 because you're not capable of being really, really good at 10. How do I continue to keep this top of mind, right? Like if if I'm a large organization or I got, uh, again, laundromat is the focus of the podcast. I have attendance, I have staff. Should I be sharing the whole document with them? Should I share the executive summary? How do I, how do I make this top of mind that everyone is charging toward the same goals, not just me? Well, for anyone that knows me, I'm all about transparency. And I used to run stores. I had 30 stores that I ran for profitability, right? And I shared with my manager the full plan, including PL. And I wanted them to know, I wanted them to be a part of and feel, take ownership in, in the success of the business, right? Relative to the entire staff, I think it's important that you share with them, what is your vision? What is your mission? And why? Why? And then what are the goals and the priorities that you're focusing on? And what part, and this is really, really important, Randy, 
what part did they play in that success? When I have worked with companies and with business owners and I talk to their staff, they're doing their job, but they're like, we don't, we don't know if we're doing a good job or a bad job. That should all anchor back to the strategy. And they should know every day if they're doing well or if they're not because the things that they're doing are not driving to the strategy or the plan. They should be able to self-assess. Again, it's that visibility, right? Like I'm either operating with a roadmap or I'm just operating and I'm going to go somewhere, but in the end, I don't know where. Right. And their goals, right? Their own goals, <clears throat> whether they be tactical or whether they be financial, that is their scorecard related directly to the strategy. I think that's where a lot of entities fall down, where it, I'm charging to a big picture goal but I don't really see my place in it. I don't see the benefit to me. I don't know, you know, how what I do makes a difference in that larger goal, right? Like that seems like, and, and again, I, I go off of organizations that, that I've been a part of where you lose that engagement. Yeah. Everyone wants to know the work that I'm doing is contributing to the greater good of something. There's a ton to this, right? This is a this is a large document, but that's only the beginning. We're covering the communication aspect and the alignment aspect of it. it it's hard. This is work, but the end result obviously is is success. But I'll ask the question: How are businesses good at this? Do you, in your experience, are are people doing this? Are they creating strategy, or do you see? more often than not, that, that people are existing and, and they're not driving and they're not aligned. Yeah, I, I'm gonna share relative to my last industry, right? In my last industry, what I experienced were people who had a passion for business or had a passion for sewing or had a, you know, they had a passion. And again, I use the statement, if I build it, they will come. And then the day happens when no one comes and they are not prepared with a plan to be able to know what to do on that day. And that is when the risk of their business becoming unprofitable, becoming unsustainable, becoming kind of lost in gray area because they don't have the plan that says, this is what I'm going to do to drive the traffic, to drive the profitability, to drive the uniqueness, the unique message that tells my customer, here's why you want to come here. So that that is what I have seen in my past. It's hard, Randy. It's It's work. It's, it's, it's a lot of very mental work. Most people don't really know how to do it. And it's uncomfortable because even through the process and no matter how many times I do it, there's this phase where it's really uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right plan? Is, you know, you're, you're like, and then you're like, no, no, I did the research. I vetted it out. I did it. Right. So, well, you know, you want to make sure that you, you can have that plan in your hand and you're just driving it every day.
it's not driving you. Right. And, and it should be uncomfortable to a certain extent, right? Like it, when you shift that focus <laughs> internally and you uncover some things, hey, that you're not doing right, it can get uncomfortable, right? You have to hold up to, hey, I, I let my business just kind of run on autopilot. You know, I had success out of the gate and maybe I didn't do the investment things along the way or I didn't didn't uh, get my staff to rally around some common goals and, and initiatives and and build in uh, metrics that they could measure against, right? That, that gets uncomfortable for, for a business owner. Yeah, and it's not about what you did or didn't do. It's about what you're gonna do tomorrow. You, right. you, you know, you can do this. <laughs> we call it like, right, changing the wheels while the cars are driving down the road, <laughs> changing the tires, right? You, it can be done. That, that can be done. So your business could be in full blown mode and you say, whoa, whoa, I got to take some time here to write a strategy and pull so that I make sure I continue down this success path. Right. Well, we've, we've covered a ton of content. Final thoughts and sum it all up for me. Well, that's what the executive summary does. <laughs> so, you know, the executive summary is the is the point where you put what is the most important part of the document or of what you're trying to message. And, you know, thinking, being mindful about where have you been and what have you learned from that? How do you want to leverage it? And remembering that even if it's not a perfect document, having a roadmap, no matter where you're going, always helps. All right. Before we wrap this thing up, I'm going to put you on the spot. You can only leave people with one tip to sum all this up. What is your number one tip to folks listening to the podcast? Oh, Andy, that's a great one. I think the one tip is to do the research and reach out and interview as many people as possible and be open to what you hear. Solid advice. And, and honestly, we have a great industry. Um, you know, more often than not, owners are, are happy to share uh, with, with others. So we, we have that luxury of a lot of, a lot of built-in experts that are willing to share so that those networking opportunities and attending shows and events are, are great opportunities to get that information. So we're well positioned to, to help one another. That's great. Well, Anne, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I know we're going we're gonna to hear from you again, so that's exciting. I appreciate your time. I think uh, great information for folks. Hey, Randy, thank you so much. This is the stuff that I love, and I know that it, it works, and it makes ourselves and our companies better. And um, I really thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share. And I look forward to coming back in the future. Fantastic. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you again next time on the Laundromat Insights Podcast.